Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Travel Tidbits podcast. I'm Christy Shear, one of the Pineapple Escapes travel agents. Thanks for joining this week as our at-the-core topic is going to be safety protocols at Disney and Universal. With coronavirus continuing to dominate the news, we wanted to share our experiences at Disney and Universal Parks. Today, I'm being joined by Selena. Hello. And Samantha. Hi. And we have all been to Disney and Universal several times within the last few months. So again, we just wanted to kind of talk with you about what we've been seeing while we've been visiting the parks. But before we get there, we're going to talk just really briefly about airport protocols and on um, planes and kind of what we're seeing with that. So do you guys want to start us off with what you see happening there? I have noticed in the past month or so, I think my experience is starting to change from where it was the first time I flew post-COVID was in October. I fly out of Nashville, and in the beginning, they were taking temperature checks at the gate before you could board your airplane. I have noticed the past few times they haven't been doing that, but some airlines and some airports are still taking temperature checks. Masks are required at all times over your mouth and your nose on the airplane. Let's see, some airlines are giving out disinfecting wipes and hand sanitizer. They uh, Most of them have discontinued any type of drinker beverage or food service on the plane. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of variation because I know I had always been getting just a little bag with a bottle of water and a snack in it. And then when I was, I want to say on my way to Cancun here about three weeks ago, they actually were doing soft drinks on one of the flights, which that's the only one I've been on that they were. So I think there's a lot of differences happening among the airlines and the airports as far as their protocols. I think the one consistency we do see, though, is that use of masks and the need to keep those on throughout the flight and in the airports. But as far as temperature checks and what they're giving you on the flight and those kind of things, there seems that seems to be changing and varies from one place to another. Absolutely. I agree. And the other thing that I have noticed is that some airlines are still providing the middle seat to remain empty. However, a lot of airlines have reverted back to allowing all seats to be filled and many flights are booking 100% capacity. So that is something to consider. Right. I know when I was on Delta a couple of weeks ago, the middle seat was still empty there, but recently I've done American and Southwest and they were both full. I flew Southwest um, last month and it was 100% full. Same in October, not in October, excuse me. um, Back in January and February, I flew Southwest and the flights were completely booked and middle seats were being seated at that time. But back in November, they were still empty in the middle seat. Right. So I guess the takeaway from this is be sure you've got your masks, you're wearing those. And as far as what else is happening at the airport, that seems to be a changing thing that we really can't say what's going to happen because it's different whoever you fly and wherever you're flying from. So let's move on to the parks. 
and talk a little bit about the actual process of getting into the parks and how that's changed. Well, both Disney and Universal are doing temperature checks. Universal, when you go in through the gate, you will get a wristband for the, it's a different color every day. So you have to have it every day, but they'll give you a wristband and it alerts the staff at Universal that you have had your temperature checked that day and you were good. So you only have to have it done once. Disney is not providing the wristband. So you do have to get your temperature checked. If you leave the park and go back in the park, you'll have to get that done twice. Yes, at Disney, they're doing temperature checks at every park entrance. And even some of the resorts, you get checked again. Whereas Universal, with that wristband, you only get checked once each day, basically. And when we stayed at Cabana Bay Beach Resort, we got scans in the morning as we were headed out to the buses. And that was it. Very, very quick process. We didn't even have to wait in line. Like some people once they got to the security point to enter the parks, that's when they got scanned. But we got to skip that part because we had our temperature check done at the resort and had our wristbands on. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's even, a, even even though that's that are, just a great benefit yeah. of staying on site is you can get it checked prior to leaving for the park. So you're not in the same line with everybody else that is coming into the park entrance that's not staying on site. So when you stay on site, you do get to bypass that temperature check line at the park by doing it in your hotel lobby. Right. And I was just going to say, even at the park, those lines aren't bad. They've got several people doing it. And so people are moving through those lines pretty quickly. So it's not going to take too much time to get that done. So they've got that process down pretty well, I think. Yeah, I agree. So moving on from that, we talked about masks in the airports and planes. What are you all seeing as far as rules and wearing masks within the parks? Masks are absolutely still required for anyone two and older. And that does have to be completely covering your, basically from your nose down to your chin. They are pretty strict about this in both parks. I do know and universal. They will allow you to remove your mask just briefly to take photos, but Disney absolutely will not. Right. And you can't even walk around the park with a soda and take a drink of something because you have to be seated stationary with food or drink, actively eating or drinking to remove your mask. And I have seen people walking through the park with their drink that has been warned. If you don't comply with the rules, then you will be asked to leave. Right. I've seen staff members holding up signs, even reminding people to make sure their masks are completely covering their face and to they have to step over to the side if they are going to be drinking or eating. Now, they do have the relaxation areas, I think, or something like that they're calling them where you can Mm -hmm. go and you can take your mask off for a little bit because sometimes it's good just to get a little break from it. So, you know, there are some of those areas dispersed throughout the parks to be able to get a break. So that's nice. Absolutely. Especially if you have kids. That's a really nice thing. What about have you seen, how are they managing the lines at the parks with trying to keep the social distancing going? I think for the most part, the lines do move pretty quick. They seem really long, but it's just because of the distancing. And they do, once you start moving though, I've noticed I've had issues where if the line starts to go around a curve, you might not know if the line is going to stop moving and then suddenly you're stuck (laughs) where you've already gone past the line that you were supposed to have stopped at. So 
that's the only like issue I've really had is sometimes I'll keep moving and then oops, and then I have to backtrack and everybody behind me has to kind of step back. But that's usually a very minor thing. Yeah, I think it's really hard to sometimes be mindful of that because we just, even though we've been doing this for a year now, sometimes it's still just not ingrained in our mind and we're just kind of following through the line. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I'm too close and, and you have to back off. So yeah, that definitely happens. Yeah, they definitely have the ground marks where you're supposed to stop too. So it's not like you have to kind of estimate that yourself. It is clearly marked. I did notice there's a couple of places where it looked like there had once been a marker on the ground that maybe it got peeled up for some reason or it just kind of got worn out and you just don't really notice it unless, I don't know. So some sometimes it seems like there's an extra large gap, but there might also be a reason for that. Like if there's people kind of in the line adjacent to you and you don't want to be too close to them as well. So just to be mindful and pay attention to those markers on the ground. Yeah, sometimes if you notice there is a bigger space more than six feet between the markers, and that is due to where the line wraps, they don't want somebody in the line right next to you. So the person in front of you, you might be more than six feet away, but that's so that you're not in the same area in the next to the person that is in line that you know follows around that pathway that's right next to you. Right. To that right. point, though, sometimes there's plexiglass in between the lines too that kind of makes it easier and it moves a little bit better as well. Right. Yeah, we saw that in a lot of the attractions there. And also we saw kind of a difference between Disney and Universal as far as hand sanitizer. Once you get through that line, Disney has hand sanitizer available, but in Universal, they were actually squirting it into your hand to make sure that they used it. Mm -hmm. Yes, they want you to sanitize each time before you actually get on the ride. And then they have a hand sanitizer available again once you get off the ride, which is really nice. Although I will say, I highly recommend to anyone, please bring hand sanitizer along with you, whether it's in a little bottle or if you've got the wipes, whatever. It's always nice to have that on you in case you come across a dispenser that's empty or if you just need to move pretty quickly and don't have time to stop, just get it out and put it on your hands as you're, you're moving through the parks. Yeah, sometimes if you're a part of a moving moving line, that um, dispenser, it takes it a while to recognize your hand is there. And by the time you get it actually mm -hmm. flowing, you've moved on and it's like dripping onto the floor. So yes. yeah, yeah, if somebody's needed. gone. I do like how Universal actually is making the hand sanitizer prior to getting on a ride mandatory. So Disney does have the dispensers while you're in line and before you get on a ride and then after you get off the ride, but Universal's not leaving it up to you if you want to sanitize your hands before you touch the rails on the ride. I mean, they're literally squirted in your hand or you can't get on the ride. Right. Samantha, tell us about, because the one time we were at the park, there was kind of the cold spell that went through and some of you bought gloves. Yes. Yeah, some of us bought gloves. We were apparently colder than Christy was, but <laughs> there are gloves available in the park. Just FYI, if you need them at Universal. But since we had gloves on, they didn't make us use hand sanitizer. Like at one point in time, I think I was, I don't know, posting something on my phone. So I had one glove on and one glove off. And they told me, if you just put both your gloves on and keep them on for the duration of the ride, then you don't have to sanitize. So if you're one of those people that doesn't like hand sanitizer, you have the option to wear gloves, I guess, even if it's hot outside, but then you won't be 
putting hand sanitizer on 20 times in one day, but they will give you that option if you wear gloves to not have to wear sanitizer. Right. So that's that's an option for people to have if they don't want to use the sanitizer all the time. What about shows? What did you see a difference in the shows that are happening at the parks and how they're doing those? Well, first of all, I am happy that they have recently announced that the Lion King, the Festival of the Lion King will be returning to Animal Kingdom because that's one of my favorites. And I really missed that last time we were there. But I think they're doing a really good job. And most of the theaters, they're very good about spacing families. I believe it's either three or four seats in between each group. And then they leave the row in front and behind empty. So you're not very close at all to other people, other groups of people. Right. Of course, you know, they don't have all of the shows aren't running, but the ones that were there, yeah, I think they handled very well. So I anticipate more and more of those will start coming back as, as things go back to our new normal, kind of like the parades. Let's talk about a little bit about what we're seeing instead of the normal parades that we would see. Well, at Universal, they had a lot of parade floats just sitting out stationary, especially with the the Mardi Gras floats. It was really fun to see. They would have people dressed up in their, you know, Mardi Gras outfits. Attire. (laughs) Yes, their Mardi Gras attire. And they would get on there and they would dance and they would throw beads and and it was a lot of fun to see with all the makeup and their fun outfits. And so even though it wasn't an actual parade, just walking around and seeing those fun floats and having those beads tossed at you was a lot of fun. They did have a marching band, though, that would come through every now and then. And I think I did see some other floats just that would go through, but there was a smaller, you know, not a, an actual parade, but they would just have a a small grouping of floats go through, or sometimes they would even stop the floats in the middle of the, you know, the road. So people could walk up and take pictures and, and kind of interact that way. And it was a lot of fun. So there are, there quite a few of those going on that you saw? At Universal, yes, absolutely. At Disney, each park has several miniature parades and they call them cavalcades. And if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, (laughs) (laughs) something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But they are so much fun. In fact, I almost kind of prefer it to the big parades because I feel like they're happening more often. I think they do them more often and it's an unscheduled mini parade. And I think you have a really good chance of catching one, even though it's not scheduled and it's different characters every time. I just feel like you get to see quite a bit more versus their scheduled parades, but I'm a fan of both. So (laughs) yeah, well, plus it's kind of a a spontaneous thing, which makes it kind of fun because you never know when's going to pop up Mm -hmm. for you to see. And I also like the fact that, you know, if you are a person who wants to get the perfect spot at a parade and you know, it's going to be at one o'clock, you know, you have to get there fairly early to get your spot staked out. And so Mm -hmm. You can spend a lot of time by the time you wait for the parade and through the parade. So I feel like these don't take as much time out of your day to allow mm-hmm. you to see more of the attractions and shows and things like that because you're not standing around waiting on those. Kind of takes the pressure off. Yes. <laughs> and I like, you know, they're coming too because you can hear the music start to play and you're like, oh, <laughs> and start running, get, or you get send to the Nikki to run and get pictures. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hear music, Nikki, run. <laughs> That's right. So what about things like, did you see a lot of staff disinfecting at the park? I did. I know for sure. I remember when we were waiting in line for the Hogwarts Express at Universal. Every time that we have been there for that, I have noticed there's been staff members that walk through the line in sanitizing, wiping down the railings, which, you know, as a mom, you really appreciate because I can walk and not touch anything. But for some reason, kids have to touch everything. And I'm constantly like, stop touching that railing because everybody has touched it. And and it's not something that you know, as a door handle, it's, it's, it's not something that's on your priority list, I think, for sanitizing and at the parks. But so I really do appreciate that, that they do take that extra effort to sanitize the railings and while you're in line. Yeah, right. I am. Um, go ahead, Selena. I noticed, I was just going to say, I noticed that at the King's Cross station specifically, it stuck out in my head because I was like, oh, yes, I need to remember this. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also like in restaurants, they will sanitize like, you know, the tables and the seats and everything too. So that's really nice. Right. I was, I started to say, I know my great nephew was there in January. Yes, January. And uh, my niece had said, and they apparently are disinfecting really well because he had his hands on every surface in the park and did not catch anything. So, you know, (laughs) apparently they're doing a good job of keeping it clean because he tested it out to see if all the areas were clean. So that was good. Well, obviously, I hope restrictions at some point relax, but there's things like that that I'm very appreciative and in hope that maybe they keep them, you know, not that they're dirty, but there's certain things, I guess, about the coronavirus and how we've responded to it that has spoiled me a little bit. You know, this mm-hmm. the people not being so close in line and, you know, there's certain aspects of it that I'm kind of hoping we don't go back to 100% normal. Right, right. It's, it's brought about a few th- good things in that aspect. What about your experience dining in the parks? How has that changed? Well, I think at Disney, the character dining experiences aren't quite the same. We ate at Cinderella's Royal Table. And, you know, normally all the princesses would come through. Well, first you would have that meet and greet with Cinderella just before you go up to be seated. And then all the princesses at some point during the dinner will come through and greet everybody. They'll stop at each table. You can have those photo opportunities. It's really wonderful, especially if you've got little kids that just love those Disney princesses. But right now, what you get is Cinderella. She comes out several times during your meal, but she's at a distance. She'll come out and interact. She'll wave and she'll point and, you know, try to, it's really sweet, but it's not the same. So it's little changes like that, that I've noticed, but I still really appreciate what they are able to do with the current circumstances. I agree. Obviously, it's not the same, but it's those little things that, I mean, I will take a character dining experience with them six feet away from me than not being able to do one at all. But it is right. it is a little bit, I don't know. I don't want to say disappointing because you're at Disney World and you don't have a right to be disappointed, you know? But it is, you you do like the more interaction that you would get in normal times, but they are trying so hard to give you a little bit, you know, as much magic and as much normal as they can right now. So that's very much appreciated. Another difference that I notice is everybody, and of course, I notice this at home too, but everywhere is going to the paperless menus. And so Disney and Universal both have done that. You can scan a QR code on your table to get your menu. 
if you're not doing table service and doing quick service, they're highly encouraging to do the mobile ordering. If you're not, if your phone's not capable, you don't get good service or you just don't understand it, they will help you and there are options to order at a counter, but they per, their preference is for everybody to do the mobile ordering. Right. Definitely that. Back to and kind of what you said about the characters, the meet and greets, of course, those are no longer happening. But what we did see was at Disney, the characters coming out onto like the green spaces. So they were separated. You could still see them. There just wasn't that close interaction. And Universal did a really good job of having characters come out and then they would have a spot marked where you could stand in front of them distanced. So you could still get your picture with them, but you still maintain that social distance from Mm -hmm. them. So that was really nice that they did that. That was a great option. Yeah, Universal has great options still for character pictures. My favorite is the Transformers. And so obviously you can still get your picture made with Bumblebee or Optimus Prime because they're, I mean, I don't know how tall they are, but you are more than six feet away from them in their robotic metal costume. So that's a good one for kids too. Uh, Spider-Man, I mean, my kids love the Marvel characters and they do a great job of saying, okay, we're up here on this stage behind you and you can't come past this point, but you can still stand in front of us and take a picture. And I think that appeases a lot of kids because they're like, hey, you know, I can still see Spider-Man and I can still talk to him. Right, right. I know I've had families who have traveled to the parks during this and before going, you know, some of them were kind of worried about, is it going to be the same? Am I going to enjoy it? Should we postpone our trip? And I can say that everyone that I've had go has said, I am so glad that I went. You know, there's still that magic. It's still a great experience. Are you guys hearing the same things from your clients? Yes, absolutely. And I'm speaking for myself as my own client. Yes, I loved it. And I actually kind of prefer the kind of the current meet and greet situation to waiting in line forever. I mean, you don't always get that same special one-on-one, but sometimes you kind of do. Like for instance, we saw Princess Anna in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot and she was, you know, standing kind of behind a little fence in the green area, but she was there, she was talking and interacting with everybody that would walk up and oh my gosh, my daughter, she loved it. I mean, she could still talk to her still have that memory and still take those pictures. But obviously there was just like a little bit of distance between them. Not that big of a deal. The only thing is we happened to come upon her by accident. You know, we were lucky enough to come by when she was out. So that was the only thing like, you know, if you have a kid that really wants to meet a character, having the the normal meet and greets is nice because then you're kind of assured that they're going to get to meet them. Where now it's like if you happen to be there at the right time, it works out great. <laughs> I will yeah. say, I think there were quite a bit more characters that I've noticed at Universal that we were able to just catch while they were out. But I think that both parks are doing a really wonderful job. In fact, I've seen recently how they're trying to get some of the characters out, you know, the Fab Four actually out at Epcot. So um, people could have that meet and greet interaction with them now. So I think they're exploring different ways to compensate for not having the traditional meet and greets. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I've got to tell you, my family was doing distance 
meet and greets before they were even a thing there because my kids are all grown. (laughs) (laughs) But when they were young, I was always like, no, we're not going to wait in line to meet this character. So we would just strategically (laughs) place them so we could get a picture with them and the character in the background (laughs) while they were with some other kid. And, you know, they got their picture. We didn't have to wait in line. So yeah, we, we were with that trend far behind before it even started. (laughs) Well, I will say too, real quickly about Universal. We saw one of the characters, my daughter was really excited to see Poppy from Trolls, but she was actually walking on her way to go back inside. She was done with her set or whatever. And they told me when to expect her to come back out, which was really nice. You know, if you can catch that, they might be able to tell you when to expect them. There is a little bit of a schedule that they will share with you. There is a specific character that you want to see. Okay, awesome. Anything else you all can think of before we move on to the slice of life? Important tips or things to know? (laughs) I think that so many people are really concerned about the things that they won't get to experience, like the meet and greets. But man, I tell you what, don't wait because of those things. It's still so much fun. It's still very much worth going and enjoying the parks right now. Samantha, do you have something to add? No, I 100% agree with that. And actually, I mean, I was going to say something along the same lines. It's just, I think it's about what you have to prioritize. So my advice to my clients has been, if your priority, if your number one reason for going to Disney is going to be so that your child can get Mickey's autograph, then now is not the right time to go. But if your priority, if the reason you're going is just to go to Disney World and to be there and to ride rides and enjoy the magic that they can still offer, then now is the perfect time to still go. Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, right now we've we've all enjoyed the shorter lines and so forth. And so that's been kind of a nice trade-off. We don't have some of the things, but yet we're able to do more because the lines have been shorter. So that's been nice. Okay. So moving on to the slice of life, just kind of quickly talk if anybody's been anywhere recently or on getting ready to go. I did just go to Beaches, Turks and Caicos. Beautiful, beautiful resort. Lots of different theming throughout it. They had a Italian village and a Key West village and a French village. And I mean, just a lot of variety. So you could, it was almost like having several resorts in one resort. I highly recommend it. Tons of things for kids to do. So it was really, really a nice resort. What about you all? Nikki and I went to um, Sandals in Montego Bay, Jamaica recently. That was a great, great trip. We got to stay at the Sandals Montego Bay, and then we toured the Sandals Royal Caribbean. Both are great options, you know, for honeymoon anniversary clients or couples only, which was strange to be there with Nikki. I guess that's a uh, story for another podcast, but you know, it was a couple's only resort. (laughs) Yeah. I think you all probably heard that multiple people, um, Laura and I traveled together and they kept thinking we were mother and daughter. So (laughs) it could have been worse. So that's fine. So going on, just going to jump over to our item for the day, our crushed it. And I'm going to share something I got last summer before a trip to Gulf Shores, Alabama. My family went and it's called the Weekapoo Sand Free Beach Blanket. So this blanket is made kind of out of a parachute material. So it's super lightweight and it kind of repels sand. So when you pick that up at the end of the day and shake it off, you don't have any sand clinging to it. 
it's huge. It's 10 foot by nine foot. So you could fit usually your whole family on that. The other thing is on the corner, it has its own bag attached. So you can just wad it up into that, has stakes for each corner to keep it down. Those go in the bag also. And you can pack it in your suitcase and take up less room than one beach towel. So really a great option for being lightweight and not taking up a lot of space and not taking all the sand home with you. So we'll have the link for that in the show notes if anybody's interested in that. And I'm going to give that one a five pineapple rings because I have used it multiple times and I have yet to find anything that I don't like about it. Nice. Sounds like a really good thing I need to add to my shopping cart right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would highly recommend it. So anyway, thanks for joining us today. And hopefully you've learned some things about Universal and Disney that you can take with you on your next trip. And we hope to see you there soon. Thanks, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.